Come on, somebody. That's the guy you hear about. And when we talk about resolve today, we're going to talk about determination. Let me give you a definition of determination. Having a, made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. And you'll see this is a guy no one talks about during the Super Bowl ramp-up week. We got all the superstars. But a lot of times as believers, when we stand and resolve in our faith, the things that take place, we might not get credit for it. But if we don't do it, nothing will change. And what I want to talk about today, we've been spending a whole month talking about Daniel and his three friends. The first message was called Decision. The second message was called, with the three friends, Determination. This one is called Determine. And this is a man here that I say is determined because Daniel is amazing. From chapter 1 to, verse, to chapter 6, his whole life, over, up to 60-something 60, years. When we see, start to read in chapter 6, Daniel is 80 years old and still resolved in his convictions. You know, it's not how you start. It's all how you finish. We can have great starts, but if there's nothing at the end to finish, it was a disappointment. And this was amazing here when he's 80 years old, still standing strong, and God is promoting him. He went from being under the Babylonian uh, empire to now he's in the Persian empire. And here's the thing. We can't even take excuse for where we come from. The kid was a slave at the age of 15. It doesn't matter where you come from. It automatically what God has for you. And he's 80 years old, and he kept the same posture in his relationship, vibrant with God. And he had to endure some testing and persecution. Today's world, guys, be ready for this. Okay, if you have not seen it, be ready for this. Depending on the answer you give for somebody, you can become persecuted for it. When you're trying to just stay hidden, God is raising us up to have a voice. And King Darius at this time here took over the Babylonian Empire, conquered that. He was an administrator. Put 120, he had 120 provinces, Luans, and he put people in charge of them. And he had three guys that was in charge of the 120. Daniel was one of them. And Daniel was so amazing that he was going to make him head of all, all that. And he wasn't a Persian. And guess how many you know when you start to make a lot? I love this, this quote. When you start to make a, a mark in society, you'll always meet some erasers. Whenever you try to make a mark, you'll meet some erasers. Saying you can't do it. You better not do it. I'm telling you, I'm threatening you that you will not do it. But God says you will do it. Because whenever, if you feel like you've been making some progress and all of a sudden you start getting some resistance, welcome to the neighborhood. Because every time you try to make a mark in this world, you're going to find some erasers. And he has some guys who are jealous, trying to find something on Daniel. Couldn't find anything. So they'll use what he does doing the right thing against him. How many know you do the right thing sometimes you wind up getting in trouble anyway? It's okay. It's part of being a child of God. And his king had convinced the king that what you do, O king, 
make a, a, a law that everyone in the country has to worship you for the next 30 days. Bless you. That was part of the act, you know. I love those times because it's getting quiet in here. And they said, okay, we got it. And they found Daniel, who wasn't doing that. Daniel had this routine. He would, three times a day, he would go up to his house, up in his house on the roof, on the, up the second floor, open up his windows, and pray to God three times a day. Now, if you know about that area there, the Persian, they used to do it five times. They would pray to some God for five times a day. So what he was doing was just three times a day. They ran back to the king. We found somebody who was not following you. And then the king noticed something. Because when you are faithful, when you are blameless, even in a bad situation, people will respect you and love you anyway. He found out these guys were trying to take Daniel down. And he made a decision. He's like, how do I get out of this? And I'm going to read, let's read the rest of this starting in verse 10. And all the way to 23. The reason why I'm giving you so much scripture in this series, guys, I want you to get into the habit of reading your Bibles. I don't want you to get in the habit of hearing my voice, but hearing God's voice. And there's so much in the, in the scriptures that will just teach you and enlighten you and really just really encourage you. Remember, Daniel's 80 years old. Still persevering, still resolute and steadfast. At 80 years old, here we go. When Daniel knew that the document, that Darius signed the document and injunction, when Daniel knew the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Okay, then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. When they came there and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any God or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions? And the king answered and said, this, that thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then... They answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, isn't that a great title? Pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. When the king, then the king, when he heard these words, is much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. The king didn't want to do it. He, see, he all of a sudden he noticed that. These guys were tricking him to get Daniel. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, No, O king, that is the law of the Medes and the Persians, that no injunction or ordinance that the king established shall be changed. And the king commanded Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God whom you serve continually circle continually. And when you have a serving God continually, even your enemies will realize it. Deliver you. And the stone was bought and laid at the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it in his own signet. 
and with the signet of his laws that nothing might be changed according to Daniel. He put a seal on it, on the, on the rock, on the stone. Last time I checked, I think our Savior was put in the tomb with a stone, but we'll get that then. <laughs> then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Okay, diversions means food and women. Okay, just going to make it plain. It's in the Bible. He fasted, and he didn't want no entertainment, and he didn't sleep. Then at break of day, the king rose and went in haste to the den of lions, and he came near the den where Daniel was. was. He cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Great respect. He still had loyalty to his king, even though he had to throw him in the lion's den. And my, and my God, oh, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me because I'm found blameless, circle that, before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. And the king was so exceedingly glad, commanded Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. And no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Father God, I just ask right now in this moment we have, we ask for revelation, not just information. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Whenever you read the rest of the story, the guys who told on Daniel, families, wives, kids, they were thrown in to the den. And it said before they hit the ground, they were eaten up. Because if you know back then, they would have lions in the den in two different compartments. And they would starve them because the way of persecution was to throw you to the lions. So they would go ahead and feed them, open the thing, let them eat, and let them go back. But they would keep them starving on purpose. So whenever it goes in there, you're talking about a hungry lion and a young man, and an old man, 80 years old, with an angel. Isn't that cool? Interesting thing, again, when you go down verses 3 and 4, it says that Daniel had an excellent spirit about him. They couldn't find anything on him. Excellent spirit, nothing on him. I ask believers today, when people or the world sees you, what do they see? Do they have anything on you? Do they have anything on your habits? Just a question. Because it makes a difference. Now, here's the thing. Daniel didn't start to pray when times got hard. He just stuck to his habit. One guy wrote this. I don't have the name. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. It says, the secret to Daniel's, I'm sorry, if you want to know how to pray in the hard times, pray in the easy times. You want to know how to pray in the hard times, you pray on the Easy times. One thing we had growing uh, in the military, I worked in a job that it was about protection and, and survival. In the beginning, we would always plan to keep accidents from happening. But then we started getting da- downsized. They decided to go by whenever happens, then we'll respond to it. So we would act, we would do things after an accident that we should have been doing before the accident. And one thing you do as, Christi- as believers, we need to be prayed up 
and praying a routine of prayer. So when the times come, it's just a bump. It's not devastating, and you all of a sudden you become the greatest prayer warrior because once you go up, then you go back down when the thing goes away. But Daniel had a relationship with God, which is really just talking to him every day, three times a day. That's what prayer is. It's talking to God. And I remember just reading this story, and I remember there's a guy who I knew when I lived in Germany for a little while. That I said, how does that look as a believer? And I remember this guy, Tommy Gray. He was one of my supervisors in, in uh, Swabrook in Germany. And Tommy was an amazing man. Tommy did everything by the book. And I was there for a long time, so when he came into the shop, I knew a lot about what was going on there. I knew about the planes. I knew about the people. I knew about everything. And Tommy came in from the States, and he had a child that was special needs child. One thing about Tommy, though, I've never seen him get upset. And he always can find laughter in the midst of trouble. Now, Tommy did everything by the book. And he had a guy who worked for him who didn't do nothing. So Tommy wrote the truth on his appraisal report, on his performance report. Tommy took a beating from our boss, changed the documents, changed it because I like this guy. Tommy says, sir, all respect, I'm writing what I see. If you don't change it, your career, I remember being in a room with him, your career is over. And Tommy, he, was a, he says, sir, you just do what you got to do. And he says, Rich, I'll be back, and it'll be lunchtime. I said, where's Tommy going? And he go home, and he pray. Then he come back at 1 o'clock, and he'll say, well, we'll see what happens. Never said Jesus. Life was, I mean, he lived a life of integrity. Didn't do anything. It impressed me because everyone I met as a Christian in the military, Ms. Donald affirmed this, they didn't work. They carried around the big Bible. They show up late and praise them, and you tell them to work. Oh, you're persecuting me, brother. You're persecuting me. Will you just go to work? And Tommy was there early, and he left late. And he would speak to me about, Rich, you need the car. Because I was out of, you know, walking with the world and doing the thing. I was great at my job. But he, he kept order in the midst of chaos. And he walked at a different level and a different beat. But he wasn't boisterous. He was just solid. And I looked him up this morning to see where he's at. Last time I checked was San Antonio. I got a little scared, though, because... All the guys my age that I was in the military with, I keep wearing. He deceased, deceased. I'm glad that's enough. Okay. All right. All right. I knew my job was hard. It was. Well, a lot of my guys were taking heart pills after it was over. So I'm not doing that. So I just took it off. I said, I'm not watching that this morning. That's why I didn't see the message, man. I'm watching all these deceased guys. I'm like, okay, they're dead. So Tommy's still alive. I just got to find him. I got to find I got to have the logistics plan to find him and let him know how much he really really, because it left a mark in my life. And I knew there was something. He was walking by a different level and a different authority and a different source of influence. And I see when you look at Daniel, it's the same thing that Tommy had. The secret to Daniel's resolve, guys, 
was his integrity. Was his integrity. Give me the definition. Let me give you the definition of integrity. Firm. Adherence to a code, especially moral or artistic values. Incorruptibility. The quality of, say, of being complete. And how many know we're going to campus harvest undivided? It's talking about solid and influential. You read here that Daniel had all times because he said, I'm not going in there. I'm not going in that hole. Just let it happen. It wasn't boisterous. He was solid. That was amazing. Three things when I looked at this. It's amazing in, with integrity. Integrity, the first one, integrity is birthed and sustained through prayer. Integrity is steadfast and persevering. And the last one, integrity is pleasing to God. Let's look at the first one. Integrity is birthed and sustained through prayer. Verse 10 says this. When Daniel knew the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees, which really convicted me because I can't remember the last time I got on my knees and prayed to God. Now sit in the chair and be comfortable. But when's the last time I really got on my knees, which is an act of submission, total submission to God? And, and we talked about it in his throne room. You know where his throne is? Not just here. His throne is in your bedroom. Wherever his presence is and just asking. And, and this, I mean, I have pressure coming against me, and he's thanking God. No petition. Get me out. And he talks about it later. He gives a petition, but he thanks God first. It's an amazing thing. Charles Stanley said this. The time you spend alone with God will transform your character and increase your devotion. Then your integrity and godly behavior in an unbelieving world will make others long to know the Lord. A, person, a believer with integrity is contagious. We're trying our best now to elect people who have integrity. Right? And they come out with the list. Why? And they find, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But that, I, I was, I'm, I'm good now. You are bad. Unless you know Jesus, you're still bad. But integrity has been one of them virtues that have been thrown out. Unbelieving world will make others long to know the Lord. When people see you, are you salty? They, like I saw in Tommy, I'm not ready to join that guy, but that guy, I want to be like that guy. And he never pushed it on me. And he just, and he, he got promoted. He's been all over the place. He's never lost. I mean, they gave him a low APR at that time, or APR. It didn't bother him. He got promoted. Why? Because he was in the God's time, not the military time. That's the difference. When you're walking, in, you're walking in with God, you're not walking with the world. It's crazy. Second thing is, it's steadfast and persevering. Verses 12 to 17. They came there before the king concerning injunction. Oh, king, did you not sign injunction to anyone who makes a petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions? The king answered and said, the thing... The thing that stands fast according to the law, the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. 
Then they answered and said, O king, who was one of the exiles, one of the exiles from Mount Judah, paid no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but make his petition three times a day. In the midst of the time they found him, to the time they went to the king, he was praying, still praying three times a day, even with the pressure of knowing the decree was, decree was already signed. He said, I'll go ahead and die. But he already knows something. He already knows. He has a history. His brothers had a history. He saw his best friends thrown in. I mean, he knew about his best friends thrown in a fiery oven, and they came walking out. I wish y'all stopped doing that with Jesus. So he persevered, and he didn't lose track. He didn't veer off. He didn't compromise. That's what I saw with Tommy. He never veered off or compromised about anything. He just stayed the path. You know when someone says something uh, crazy nowadays on TV, what do they always say? I didn't mean it. I really meant this. Well, the Bible says out of your heart you speak. You really just, you probably have better influence if you say, yeah, I meant that. And you'd be done. Because that's shot. Oh, he did mean, he, oh, wait, he told the truth. What we, you got nothing to write. <laughs> he told the truth. Now what do we do? We can't even have a show with this. But you, we don't, we bear off and we, we compromise. We, we just bend to what society or pressure from society says or do. And I'm not saying you go against your boss. But there's a God law and there's man's law. It's your conscience. It's where the Holy Spirit lies. With guys, as leaders, guys, it's our gut. When our gut says, get out of the house, believe your gut. This is not good. I hope the Holy Spirit is meant a gut. A lot of it's in our conscience. If your conscience is not cleared, do not do it. Here's the difference. I know a guy named Tommy. We've been dealing with people... Um, dumping stuff in our dumpsters over here. Tuesday, I decided, I saw him pull up. I decided, I guess I'm going to be Rambo. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I ran out there, and Bobby said, this dude is crazy. I said, man, you can't use that. Stop it, man. Come on. Don't, please don't do this anymore. You know what he said? Integrity. <laughs> you caught me, man. You caught me. And he's working for a company. So what else did we not catch him with? Been cooking the books? When it came to spray that insulation, do you just do a half a wall or did you do all the wall? And the only one you find out is when you buy a house. And there's no insulation in this house. See how much integrity carries on? If he said that to me out there, his whole life is that. And that's what sin does. That is funny. You're right. Because it's really quiet in here. D.L. Moody says this, because it's all about faith, guys. What I'm telling you is faith. Real faith is man's weakness leaning on God's strength. <laughs> it isn't about you, this and that. It's about I'm weak, and I need God's strength to make this thing through. Daniel was weak. Nothing he can do about it, but God, he said he petitioned God, and I'm going to put my hand 
I'm going to put my hands up and let you do all this. You're going to deliver because he has history in, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 8. You get to go read that. Starting in verse 48, it says, when you were in a foreign country, you've been taken as exiles, and you turn and you pray to, that, to the Jerusalem, God from heaven will hear. They're talking about dedicating the temple. He will hear, and he will respond. That's all Daniel had was a scripture and a promise, and that's what he did, and that's what he believed in. That's what faith does. Sometimes all you have is a promise. It's all you got. Everything else is falling apart around you. All you got sometimes is just a promise. People ask, are you crazy? That's all I got is a promise. That's all I got. And how's it happen? It starts to build, and God builds you that way. I wish he would build it with a class. Okay, God, I need more perseverance. Can I take that word, and I, can I dissect it and say what perseverance means? I'm an expert. No, you won't get it, Rich. You need to go through some things. Then you'll really learn it. You'll learn to lean on me. Because we want the class, don't we? Who am I? I like classes. When it comes to learning something from God. Now, usually it's you test it and you prod, and that's where you grow. And his growth plan is a whole lot different than ours. Third thing is, in fact, there's a scripture I like, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in what? Don't quit. Don't give up. Steadfast, you hang in there. One guy came in, what do you do? I, I'm going through problems. I say, go home, and you say, honey, I am leaving. I'm not leaving. Stay there. If you say, God, stay, stay there. Stay there. Don't move. Because the God we serve, you're talking about First 1558, he gave us a world that doesn't shake. It says in that scripture, everything else around us is going to shake, but our God does not shake. So if he's the rock, you hold on to the rock. If he's your fortress, you hold on to the fortress. As long as I'm holding on, I'm holding still. Last one is, God's integrity is pleasing to the law. Verse 22 and 23. My God sent his angel, ho, ho, and shut the lion's mouth. They have not harmed me because I was what? Found what? Before him, also before you, O king, I have done no harm. It says at the end of 23, he had trusted in his God. Here's another promise, Psalms 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and what? That's a promise. 91, 11 says, for he will command it what? To do what? To guard you in all, what? Some ways? All your ways. I love the movie. I love the Disney movie, Angels in Outfield. And the guy was running out of faith, man. He was like, oh. And, he, you know, he lied to him, I mean, but it was a good movie. He said, you don't have to worry about it, man. <laughs> you got an angel on you. Now, what's so biblical about that movie part, anyway, is, and Disney will never admit this, he didn't have an angel. He had faith. He believed and he threw the pitch. Sometimes you don't see the finish line, but you got faith. 
you got a promise, and you can throw the pitch, and you can stand still. And here's a key thing we forget about, being blameless. Same thing I wanted to get to. Over 2,000 years ago, we got a Savior who was abused, beaten, beard plucked out. I love that. Beaten, left for dead. He said something in John chapter 14. Thank you, honey. I will no longer talk much with you because the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. That time Jesus is about to be portrayed by his guy he picked to walk with. Threw him in a tomb after they, they crucified him. Put him in the tomb, took a rock, closed it up, and the devil was saying, we just sealed his faith, his faith. Three days later, Mary had the heavy women because the guys wouldn't run that fast because <laughs> they wouldn't believe. Came and the tomb was open. Interesting, the guys didn't believe it. He kept telling them that. And the reason why all that took place, he rose again, and he's our King of kings and Lord of lords, our Lord and Savior. The reason why he did that, he can say that because he needed us to be able to say that. See, if you gave your life to Jesus, it doesn't matter what you did last night, this morning, you're blameless. That's how God sees you. You're blameless. And here's where the devil messes with you. When you mess up, he continues to remind you, doesn't he? Especially you guys who hear God a lot. You hear the, you hear the stereo. God says you're awesome. Then the devil says, no, you're a loser. And you got to put them headphones on and you got to, I love, what's the, my man, I love that, that commercial. Hear what, I got to hear what I want. And I got to hear God. So I got to pick up the Bible and hear God more. And this is what he gets us. Because we kill ourselves saying, I'm not blameless. Yes, you are. He died for the sins that you committed yesterday, the ones you did today, and the ones you'll probably do tomorrow. But here's the thing. He gave us repentance, forgiveness and repentance and reconciliation. But that is just an action. That is not your identity. Your identity is you're blameless if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So when you know you're blameless, you can stand strong and resolute. No one can touch you. They can push on you. But as long as you got some fellas that can hold you up, like Daniel, the four brothers, hold you up, you might fall down. But I guess what? Who's going to hold me up? You going to help me up, brother? Help me up. Now, I was helped up by man, but God always helped me up because how he sees me. See, the church is not the, it's not the world that we are struggling against. It's our own identity. 
Now, if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, after service, you need to find out who he is. But our own identity cuts us short because we don't know who we are. So we let other people label us, which suppresses us, which makes us just step out. But when you know who you are, that you are blameless before Christ. He would, I mean, would you say I'm not? Why would he spend his time doing that? Why would God spend his only begotten son to die on the cross for us if we weren't that worthy? He had resolve. That's why we have resolve. But you can't have resolve without your identity. And I see today, we're not dying from being pushed from the world. We're dying from identity, identity of faith. When the challenges of faith come up about we're going to give, but now we're going to go, that is your identity of people of faith to make it happen. Because that's what God said. If God says go to Cincinnati, if God says go to the campus office, if God says give, well, if he said, that means he already has supplied what he's going to do. But we don't get there, he won't move. But we're waiting for the perfect time. There's no such thing as perfect time when there's faith. That's why it's called faith. That's why he's not a genie in the bottle. Genie, genie. No. Yeah, so y'all waiting. You're waiting for the perfect time. 56 years old, guys. Haven't found it yet. I found a lot of faith. And faith sometimes is not comfortable. But I can operate in faith and resolve because of my identity. Don't let the devil tell you anything less. I know that Daniel had to have, man, I'm going to pray, and I'm about to get thrown in these lions. Okay, I'm going in the lions then. And these dudes picking their teeth like, you going to get the leg? Nah, I'm going to get his head. And God said, you ain't going to touch him. Because if you guys one thing, I created those lines. I can shut their mouths. Anything that you're going against, God created, he can shut their mouths anytime. So I think they went down there and played a little chess with the angel. And here's another thing that's the truth in the Bible. You do have an angel with you. You do have an angel on your back, all around you, and capped around you for anything that you're going through. Anything people said, shake it off. I have an angel. And I got a big brother with a fro. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Must be getting tired. Because <laughs> I don't have one. Anyway. <laughs> That's what this resolve messages were all about. Not to make you feel less, but to understand who you are in Christ. And you need people around you to remind you constantly of who you are. How many need reinforcement all the time? Come on, somebody. Who doesn't? You need to hear somebody, man, you're awesome. I don't feel awesome. Don't matter what you feel. I know who you are. Have our life group leaders come get up real, just stand up here real fast. We're going in early.